Hi guys, welcome to part one of the talk with Kayleen. Make sure you check out her podcast, We Explain Movies, and thank you for listening. Enjoy. You're listening to We Explain Kayleen. Did you do any preparation before this, Kayleen? Uh, not really. I, like you and I had talked about before we did this, I wanted to do something where I felt prepared. And since this is my top 10 list, I feel pretty prepared just because I love all these movies so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, I, I came up with two questions just because I didn't want to forget them. So I wrote a couple questions down that I wanted to ask you about my list. Okay. Before we get to that, let me introduce my guest today. My <laughs> guest is the fabulous Kayleen Burt. I'm not going to say her last <laughs> name. Um, she, I have known her for almost eight years now it will be crazy in the fall we met in college and one of the things that i wrote on my script was i wanted to i i wrote down three funny kayleen stories (laughs) i'm so ready that are i think encapsulate our friendship pretty well how we met was kayleen's boyfriend who she has been with for seven seven years. years now Before they were dating, we were all just young, stupid freshmen. And I met her boyfriend during college orientation. And then our first college class ever, which was a small lecture comm class, he was in it. No planning whatsoever. We just happened to be in the same comm class. And then after that class, after a few weeks of that class, he says, hey, there's this cool chick I think you should meet. She's also a theater major. And I was like, blah, 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 fuck I that. don't want any more friends. We're just ride or die, just you and I. And then he introduced you to me, and you and I hit it off so fast. <laughs> we had the same dumb sense of humor. And it also helped that we also had the same large lecture comm class. Right. And then after we were introduced, I feel like every large lecture comm class was just an hour of us screwing around in class and writing funny notes back to each other. I mean, comm class was such a joke, like as far, not, not that it, I think it's useful information, but I just don't think it's hard information to grasp. So we didn't pay attention. No, we would, we would play games with each other and just write awful, filthy things. (laughs) It was hilarious. I, I can't say this on the air, but I will never forget the thing that I wrote. Um, when, what was it we were like making an acronym for your name or something? One of the games that we played was I would just write out a word or no, I guess it was names. I would just write out a name and then with the name, we would make a word out of each letter of the name. And one day, I'm not going to say it. it either. I can't say it. But you wrote something so fucking hilarious <laughs> that I think uh, about to this day. Oh, good. I'm glad that you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know, ex- I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it was also cheating because it was two words. It was two words, but I, uh, it was remarkable. It's uh, so unexpected. So then, a- after we spent a semester fucking around in comm class, and then we also had the the introduction to theater class, which if you remember in the Kimmy episode, that was the class that Kimmy spoke up in, in the like the first week of class and said, um, excuse me, how do I be in a show? <laughs> oh, that class, yes. With yes. he who shall not be named. 
Yes. Awful, awful teacher, awful man. Kind of fun class where we just, again, it was sort of like calm where we all sat together and fucked around the whole time. Mm -hmm. But in that class, our our big project that we were working on throughout the semester or supposed to be working on throughout the semester, we were supposed to make a theatrical thing and it could be a live performance or it could be a video. Well, we decided to go with video because Mm -hmm. we were lazy and we could put it off as long as possible. And because this class didn't have a lot of a lot of instruction, not a lot of, hey, you guys should be at this point in the project right. now. We put it off for so long. Well, this was after we made a film called Markings that was going to be an actual trash fire. And so we had to scrap it. Yeah, we, we had spitballed project ideas. And one of the projects, the guy who ended up being our video director, he said, okay, I have an idea for a script here's all my ideas. You go write it. And then one of the people in our group went off and wrote the script and it was fucking terrible. And it was like, wait, if you have these ideas, why didn't you write it yourself? Yeah. So that was a, that was a big argument. And ultimately we decided to make a parody of the office, Mm -hmm. except set in the freshman dorms. And we put it off for a long time. We got until November and we hadn't written down anything. And I don't know if you remember this, Kayleen, but I believe it was Veterans Day where we had a three-day weekend. Oh, of course weekend. I remember this. <laughs> and you and I said, hey, let's hang out and we're just going to knock this thing out. And we spent the entire day hanging out and we intentionally <laughs> wrote the most piece of shit script ever. Well, and I remember we kept like, it was on a Google Doc, so we kept writing jokes for like the serious director to find, like the director in our group, because we knew he would get mad. Yeah. Uh, we're such assholes. Like, it was so bad that um, one of the characters' names was Dig Bick. <laughs> like, like we said, it, it was, it was horrible. And when we had a meeting with, with our group about it i remember you and i were like i can't wait to see what happens and the director <laughs> was so pissed off it's like what is this shit and we're like hey we worked really hard on this <laughs> we spent a whole day we spent a whole day giggling back and forth and then ultimately our what our final project ended up being the office parody was fantastic yeah i think it was partially because we wrote this script as a joke and we were just out of time and it was like well, let's try to shape it a little and use some improv to make this something interesting. And what I what I feel like was part of the magic of this is just the fact that it was just kind of thrown together. And I remember we literally had a meeting after we filmed the whole thing where we had a whiteboard and we were like, where should we put these scenes? Because it wasn't a cohesive narrative. It was just like pretty much a bunch of skits that we had to make a story out of. So that was like part of what made it so funny is that we had to piece it together. Yeah. And I remember we literally filmed it over a weekend. Yeah. We we got till the project was due in December. I want to say it was December. <laughs> I want yeah, it was yeah, it may have been December. But we were like, okay, we we finally have a fucking script that we kind of like. Yeah. We we gotta spend a week entire weekend shooting this thing. And that's what we ended up doing. We I think we worked twelve or fifteen hour days mm-hmm. doing the whole goddamn thing. And it was super, super gorilla. The the director was also the his own cinematographer. Mm-hmm. He had someone carrying around a mic. And we got it done. Yeah. 
And then honestly, it became like as famous, I think, as you can be when you're in a student film at your school. Sometimes random people would come up and be like, hey, were you in that movie, The Roommate? And I was like, well, yes, I was. <laughs> oh, it's so funny that you ask that. Yeah. I was. Would you like my autograph? I'm pretty sure it got the director of the film into the film program. Yeah, he was, well, he was, like, kind of one of the prodigies at the time where he was, like, one of the first people admitted. It was, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And the, it got into the, the fall film festival, which was super exciting. I, I went to that film festival and to see it on the screen and get a reaction, hear the reaction of all the people in the room, they really liked it. Yeah. That was awesome. I'll never feel a high like that again. <laughs> never again. And then it, 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 they kept putting it in, in the festival, and it was mm-hmm. awesome. I will never forget about The Roommate. And then we did a sequel to it. Do you remember that? Of course I do. Oh, my God. What a learning experience. <laughs> it was uh, like a typical sequel should be, which is not as good and playing off of the same tropes. Yeah, and the funny thing about that was when we came to do it, the director had all these... It, we, we made it harder than it needed to be. The, totally. the, the good thing about the first one was that it was just quick. He had mm-hmm. one camera. And then on the second one, we did it over a weekend again. Mm-hmm. And there was all these fucking camera setups. And we were in this tiny apartment, which was my Your apartment, apartment at the time. Yeah. And it was, it was a nightmare. And then it wasn't very good. And we learned the valuable sequel lesson that yeah. way. I did still enjoy it. Like I still had, I had a fun time doing it. I thought it was still funny and like charming, but definitely not the first one. No, I wish we could go back and do something different. Yeah. And then the, the last story that I have about you, Kayleen is our freshman year. We were sort of obsessed with this pop group called time flies. Oh man. (laughs) And late, like late in the spring semester, I mean, like during finals week, it was mm-hmm. it was the last month of classes. We're all studying for finals or pretending to study for finals. And you call me and say, hey, I just submitted for shits oh. and gigs into a, into a contest to win Time Flies tickets. And I won Time Flies tickets. Do you want to come? And I was like, hell yeah. I don't want to study for my astronomy final. Yeah. And you and I spent the the day before my final, rode public transit all day. We took mm-hmm. the trolley, and then we took a bus. And we didn't to know how ra- to use the buses here. That's still the only time I've ever ridden the bus and not just the trolley. Oh, I bus, it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. But then we, we got to the radio station, enjoyed the show, and it was a lot of fun. Daphne's catered. Hey, I was going to ask you. I I had it written down. Do you remember who catered the show? We we got Daphne's like baseball caps. Do you still have your hat? I had it for a really long time and it was made out of like that cheap material where you can rip the logo off. So it was just like a cool black and white hat, but I I don't wear hats. So I always want to wear hats, but I didn't ever wear it. So I threw it away. You know, I I got rid of mine too, which kind of sucks because I wear hats now. Oh no! Just to like exercise. It was a nice hat. Yeah, and it was just a a nice light, a nice token of that memory. Mm -hmm. I what I do still have, I think, is the the signed poster that we got that day. Oh, it's it's like a tiny postcard, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, I probably. 
probably have it somewhere. I mean, I haven't, I, I do keep a lot of stuff like that. I keep ticket stubs and things, but I have so many of them that it's probably in my closet somewhere. I'm pretty sure I still have mine. And it's just like a funny, oh, here's this not great pop group that I went yeah. to see. That we met. That we, yeah, we, we met. We took a photo with them, mm-hmm. which is on Facebook. That's funny. Yeah. Those are my three funny Kayleen stories that I, I love treasure those stories. and look back on. Kayleen is one of the three hosts of the movie podcast, We Explain Movies. And one of the other hosts is Kimmy, which you heard in the Unbreakable Kimmy Shtick episode. (laughs) Have you already thought of a pun for this episode? I've been juggling around in my head. I think I've got one. I I like it. No one else will. But I mean, that's kind of my life in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. And the other host of the show is Courtney, who you will hear someday. Kimmy gave us a little background about the podcast, about how I think her and Courtney were explaining Hereditary to you. Mm-hmm. And then you guys thought, oh, this is really funny. Let's turn this into a podcast. So I'm, yeah. I guess I'm wondering, what's your side of the, <laughs> of the background story? So pretty much the same thing. It was definitely, it was a culmination of a lot of things. Um, I think the spark of insight was there was a day that we were all hungover and we went to Starbucks together in the morning. And while we were in Starbucks, Kimmy and I were telling Courtney that we had watched the last Fifty Shades movie. And Courtney was like, tell me everything. I'm never going to watch it. And so at an embarrassingly loud volume that we probably should have not been speaking at in Starbucks, we were telling her everything that happens in the movie. And it was just hysterical because of her reactions and because of her trying to guess what would happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of jokingly, I think, said, oh, this would be a good premise for like a YouTube show or something, but didn't really think anything of it. And then the hereditary thing happened. I don't like religious horror. I'm never going to see hereditary, but I know everything about it because I still like to do research on good movies. Mm -hmm. So the girls explained it to me. I've also listened to several podcasts about it. So I know quite a bit about it. But that was another one where we just had such a fun time. And it was like fun to see my reaction to something that I'm not watching, but I'm still learning everything about. And we were going to do it as a YouTube show, but the day we sat down and all decided, you know what, we should do this thing. We were like, what if we turned it into a podcast? And we literally just pressed record on Courtney's phone. And then that weekend edited it. And we're like, guess we're doing this. It took a while, but when we decided it, it was pretty quick. How many episodes have you done at this point? 40 something? Yeah. So we don't, when we do our Simply Spoilers episodes, which are kind of like bonus episodes in a way, those don't count on the, um, like those don't get numbers. But if I were to go look, it's like about 50, I want to say. Let's see. We just posted our 45th real episode and then we have about five Simply Spoilers. So yeah, we have like 50. Isn't that awesome to just look back on, hey, this is something I helped create. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Was making a podcast something that you ever thought you would be doing? Not, I mean, I guess not. I I don't know. I guess as a creative person, nothing surprises me as far as doing a new project. I think it's fun to dip your toes in everything. So I'm not really surprised by it, but um, it was never something I sought to do. It just kind of happened and, and it's fun to do. And it's it's so much easier than, I guess, 
people think. I don't know what people oh, think yeah. about podcasts, but it's very doable. Yeah. And I didn't tell this to Kimmy. Your guys' podcast is kind of what made me want to do a podcast. Aww. I was like, well, they're if they doing can do that. it, I can do it too. In a in a way, yes. Yeah. Not not in like a dismissive way. Yeah, but it's yeah. Like, oh, they it's perfectly doable. Yeah. They just and up and did it. Yeah. So why and I really wanted to be creative, so I thought, why not do one myself? Yeah. And you know what I like so much about doing the podcast and you know, as human beings, we are still hard on ourselves and sometimes I'll listen to something and not really like how I sound. Not necessarily that I'm going to cut it or anything, but I'm like, oh, that didn't make me sound that smart or like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But I feel like this form of creativity, I'm so much less critical because it's such a free form. Whereas like writing, you have to edit and you want it to be perfect or like performing, you know, you want that to affect people in a certain way. But this is so free you're not as married to an end result so you're, yeah. you're able to have more fun with it totally what's your role in making your podcast so courtney does a lot of the legwork um i kind of control the twitter and she kind of controls the instagram like we have freedom on both platforms but that's kind of how we've been doing it and then the we used to do edits together so she would do like the initial edit and get everything to how she wanted it and then I would go to her house and we would listen to it together and and cut more things down but that ended up not being efficient based on our schedules and stuff so the way that we've been doing it for quite a while now is that she does the master edit you know with the raw footage and then she sends it to me and I make cuts or edits on, you know, like this is bulky or there was a weird cut here or like sometimes our episodes are just long and we need them to be shorter. So I send her edit timestamps and then I also do the spoiler check. So I look for spoiler timestamps of movies we spoil <laughs> and uh, I also come up with the titles. So I go through the episode and I listen for funny phrases that are relevant to the movie. And then I send her a list of like 10 to 20. And then uh, she picks which one she likes the best or, or Kimmy sometimes does too. Like they decide which one is funniest. I see. Yeah. So it's always a quote from the podcast. What's your favorite part about doing the podcast? It changes. I think when I look back on what I find, I guess what I feel the most proud of, I think it's, when we're funny, like, cause I, I just really like when I think our podcast captures our humor. Mm -hmm. So I really like when we do bad movies. I think one of my favorite episodes has become the children of the corn episode because that movie was just horrible. And it just turns, it turns, I don't know. Our shtick is so much easier and we bounce off of each other so much when none of us are afraid to shit on a movie. Whereas it's hard if like we have conflicting opinions on the movie or if we all like a movie, we don't want to, I don't know. It's, it's harder to be funny because you're more being analytical or doing research or just talking about how much you liked it, mm -hmm. which I like that part too, but it's just different. What's something you've learned from doing the podcast? I think two things I've taken away from doing the podcast and just watching so many more movies than I ever have in my whole life is one, and this is probably something you're the first person to point out to me, but I think every movie, unless it's just trash, like, then fine, don't ever watch it again. But I think every movie needs to be watched twice. Because mm -hmm. on a first viewing, it may 
be affecting you in a way where you think it's perfect, but it's not because you're just blinded by really being in the mood for it at the time. You notice the highs more than more than anything. Yeah, you're being blind to the things that are wrong about it. But I also think that sometimes it can be the opposite where you watch a movie and maybe you don't understand it or maybe, I don't know, you didn't have the correct expectations going into it and you didn't appreciate it. And then you can watch it a second time and discover things you didn't realize the first time and think, oh, wow, this is a lot better than I originally gave it credit for. And in the same vein as that, I think another thing I've learned is that doing research on a movie often makes me like a movie way more because it really does give you the language to understand the film better. And you kind of see, it makes it feel more, I guess, less of something to be dismissed and more of you see all the creativity and the work that went into it. And it makes you appreciate it for how much effort was used to make it rather than just, oh, that was a bad movie or... Has there been a movie where the research, like a specific movie where the research has really made you go, oh, wow, I appreciate what they tried to do. There was definitely effort. They may have missed the mark, but they definitely (laughs) put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, I think in a way that's how I feel about 12 Monkeys. I don't dislike 12 Monkeys. I actually very much enjoy it, but... I saw that as a kid, and I say this on our episode about it because I did the explanation on it, but as a kid I watched it and I didn't really like it because I felt that the entire point of the movie was just to go, oh, get it? We ended where we started. And I felt like that was a little cheap. But watching it as an adult, I felt that there was a lot more of an emotional resonance behind the movie that I didn't understand as a kid. And I did a lot of research on the director and... I'm like kind of obsessed with him and want to watch all of his movies because I think he's very intriguing. Terry Gillum, right? Mm-hmm. And that made me feel like, well, maybe this movie didn't quite hit all the marks that it wanted to, but he set out to do something really unique. And I think that's really commendable. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. And yeah. We Explain Movies is available on all the platforms, isn't it? Yes, it is. And you should give it a listen. They are very funny. I said this in the episode with Kimmy, but one of the parts I really like about the podcast is just hearing you guys, before you even start talking about the main movie, is just hearing you guys riff and talk about other stuff. And Mm -hmm. it just reminds me so much of the conversations we used to have in college and at the Christmas parties. It's so much fun. Yeah, I like I like the pre stuff because it gives us an opportunity to talk about things we're passionate about because we're always trying to pick the best movie in a genre or the best movie starring a certain actor. So I think it's time to dive into the what we're actually here for, <laughs> Kayleen. It's time to get serious. I'm ready. So a few weeks ago, I called Kayleen to... It had been a while since we had talked, mm-hmm. and especially during this crazy quarantine time, It was time to reconnect and find out how she was doing. But I've been wanting to have more guests on the podcast and just talk with my friends about stuff they're passionate about. And we're trying to figure out what would our episode be? You you and my episode be Mm -hmm. about, Kayleen. I told you what Kimmy and I were going to do. I told you, and you're not allowed to tell anyone, but I told you what Courtney and I are going to do. And we narrowed it down to, let's talk about Kayleen's favorite movies. And you, being the awesome person you are, <laughs> took this very seriously of course. and started at 60 movies. Yep. 
and narrowed it down <laughs> to 10. Yeah. That original phone call was, I think, two or three weeks ago. Probably. How was the narrowing it down? <laughs> so Was that a fun experience for you? It was, but it also made me have to like evaluate my life, <laughs> I felt, because I wanted to pick movies that mean something to me and that aren't just a movie I liked, but have something deeper than that, I suppose, because they're my top 10 out of all the movies I've ever seen. It was really hard. I, I had such a big list initially because I wanted to just kind of not miss any genre or alley, I suppose. So I was thinking like kids movies, movies that star, I, I even went by actors. I was like, all right, which Sam Rockwell movies are going on this list? Like which Robin Williams movies are going on this list? Then I had to do a lot of chopping to figure out what felt right. And I did it kind of days at a time because I thought if I did it all at once, I would get fatigued. So I would do maybe like 10, I would chop off. And I was like, all right, that's enough for the day. <laughs> And I, I asked Kimmy this, but, and it's a very broad question, but mm -hmm. what do you look for in a movie? Do you think you can distill an answer? Yeah, I think I just look for a movie to affect me. And that sounds really simple, but it doesn't necessarily mean, I guess it can be anything. It, if it makes me really happy, or if it makes me really sad, or if it makes me... I don't know, feel like I want to go on an adventure or feel like that was just the most badass thing I've ever seen. Like, I just want it to light up my soul, put a fire in my belly. After I had told you to start thinking of your 10 favorite movies, I started to think about what does that really mean? And I, I the analogy that I kind of came up with is it's, okay, there's movies that are considered great, that yeah. are sort of objectively great. And then <laughs> right. there's movies that are great and they mean something to you. Mm -hmm. And it's it's sort of like in Inside Out, where there's the core memories. There's sort of the core movies, I yeah. feel. Mm -hmm. Like, regardless of how other people feel about them, they still mean something very important to you. Yeah. Now, ho hopefully they're good, but... It's it was a it was a fun thing to think about and I'm excited to dive into your list. Yeah. Before we do that, how I thought we would structure this was I wrote down some main questions that I am going to we're going to go through on every single movie on the list. Mm -hmm. And then I've also included some additional questions that are more specific to the movies themselves. Sweet. Before we get to the main list, you, I told you to create an honorable mention list. I did. And what I'm wondering about this list was, were these movies that just barely missed the top 10? Are they all vying for the 11th spot? What makes them honorable mentions and not the main list? So if you'll notice, I have four honorable mentions, and it could have been five, you know, an easy 15, like I could have just made a top 15 and cut the five at the bottom off. But when I was chopping this list down, I wanted to pick movies that felt like they belonged here, but there was just something missing, I suppose, from the other, when, when battling the other movies in the top 10, there's something in these four that isn't quite there. But yeah. So I guess that's I guess that's the a complicated answer, but they could have easily been in the top 10, but I felt like these other movies that made it had something more special and they were a little more important to you. Yeah. But I I didn't put these in a particular order these four just cuz I didn't want to think about it too much since they didn't make the list, but they're all around around the top 10. Let's get started. Okay. Um, the order in which you sent me 
uh, we have The Way Way Back Mm -hmm. from 2013, directed by Jim Rash and Nat Faxon, also written by them, starring Liam James, Anna Sophia Robb, your fave Sam Rockwell, Mm -hmm. Allison Janney, Tony Collette, and Steve Carell. It's a great sort of coming of age story. This really shy, awkward teenager goes on vacation with his mom and her mom's really douchey boyfriend. Mm And he sort of discovers himself, becomes more confident, and that's mainly because of San Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to flex my memory <laughs> a little bit here. Yes. You saw this movie with Jillian oh, on a day where you watched, you watched a bunch of movies, right? Yep. And one of the other movies was The Wolverine. Yes, it was. Yeah. So before we actually get into this movie, one of the questions I had for you, one of the two questions I wrote for you is... Obviously, we're not going to say all the movies at this point in time, but have you seen every movie on the list I sent you? I have seen every single movie except one of them. Can you tell me what number it is? It is number four. Really? Oh, I'm excited to talk about that when we get to that one. When we when we get to that one, I'll I'll kind of tell you my my background with that sort of movie. But I have seen every movie on your honorable mentions list, and I have seen every movie on your list except for that one. Okay, I was I was curious about that because when I was listening to your and Kimmy's episode, sometimes I would think you had seen a movie. And then you were like, oh, no, I haven't seen it yet. So I wanted to ask you that ahead of time. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, the stuff you see. Yeah, well, that's exciting when we get to that. Um, okay, so you have seen The Way Way Back. Yes. Yes, I saw this. It was the first movie of the day. And what I love about the day that Jillian and I did this, it was, um, it was our last day together before we went back to our sophomore years of college. I think she had to leave early to go back for some reason, but we're like, what can we do to make a banger of a last day together? So we decided we've never really theater hopped, like maybe a little to catch the ending of another movie or something, but we're like, let's do this shit legit. And we made an entire schedule. Like we thought about which theaters they were in and the times they started. And we planned a whole day where we watched five movies in the theater. And I still remember the movies. And I remember that it was funny because obviously we didn't know what we were getting into. We hadn't seen any of these movies, but the movies just got worse as the day went on. Oh. (laughs) I believe it started with The Way Way Back. I know that's the one we bought the ticket for. And then after that was World War Z. I can't remember which of these two movies was next, but it was the second or third Despicable Me movie and then The Wolverine. So those were the next two. And then the last one was one of the Percy Jackson movies and it was just horrible. How did you survive that day? That just sounds awful. (laughs) I survived it because my best friend was there. And that sounds like a lovely, lovely plan that you guys had for it was. each other. So my my main questions that I intend to ask for every movie, <laughs> uh-huh. what was your, the first one was, when did you see the first, the movie for the first time? The second one is, when was, what was your first reaction to the movie? So this movie is very, very special to me because it is the movie that made me fall in love with Sam Rockwell. Because I had seen him before in some things, you know, he he shows up in a lot of movies where you don't expect him to. He just pops up and he's there. And the movie, obviously, that I that stood out to me that having seen him in was The Green Mile, where he plays just the most awful person you could ever imagine. And I saw him in this movie and I just loved him so much. He's so funny. He's so caring. Like, he's the whole reason that this kid gains confidence and like 
gets to fix his family, basically. And I just had, hadn't really seen that side of him. And he does play a lot of fun, quirky characters, but I hadn't really experienced that with him before. And I was like, I gotta follow this guy. And I've loved him ever since. Does he dance in this movie? He does. Yeah, they have a little party for one of the guys who's leaving the water park. And he dances in that. If you're a fan of Sam Rockwell, <laughs> you will know that he dances in almost every movie he's in. Did he dance in college? I don't know what his background is. But he, he makes a point of dancing in almost everything, even things you don't even expect. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's written into his contracts now. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing... I do remember... You know what? You and I talked about this, I believe, um, off air of... He doesn't dance in Jojo Rabbit, but Alfie Allen does. Can you not scream? Oh my god, are you serious? Can you hear the cat? <laughs> I can. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're gonna have to leave the room, babes. Stop. Oh my god. Okay, hold on one sec. He's leaving. Cat. He's very cute when he yells, but it's not good for <laughs> content. When I recorded the the in-person episode the only time i've done that uh -huh. my cat scooter wouldn't stop talking either so i had to <laughs> kick him out yeah sorry now what we were talking about you were saying oh yes in jojo rabbit i don't believe he dances but alfie allen dances for him which is kind of like a his surrogate dancer exactly he had a, a celeb this was your movie where you fell in love with sam rockwell mm -hmm. and what about this movie makes it one of your favorites I think it's a lot of things. Obviously, it, it holds a special place for me because of the day that I saw it with Jillian and because it made me fall in love with Sam. But I also just really like a lot about the story. I really like that actor, the one who's the protagonist, and I don't think mm -hmm. I've seen him in anything else, which is kind of sad because I liked him in that. Yeah. I would say the biggest downfall of this movie for me and part of the reason it didn't make my top 10 is because I find Anna Sophia Robb's character very annoying. But I think that it's really funny. It makes me cry. Steve Carell is just so slimy and he does such a good job at it. This was the first thing I ever saw him in where he wasn't just a funny or nice person. And gosh, he just makes me so angry. I just want to punch him the whole movie. That was one of the notes I wrote down was I, I've only seen the movie once, I think. And I saw okay. it in theaters and I wrote. Steve Carell is such a disgusting douchebag. Yeah. And he's he's great in the movie. Uh-huh. Great villain. You think he could be over the top, but he also seems like a real person. He seems like a real person for sure. I also just this is it's on this list because it does light up my soul at the end when he gets out of the car to go run to the water park and like just the fact that his mom like cares that he's this different person at the water park and Steve Carell doesn't and Steve Carell tries to like depot him and Sam Rockwell blocks him it's the best it makes me so happy did it take time for this to become one of your favorites you know it was one where I saw it and really liked it and then I wanted to show it to Kimmy and then I wanted to show it to Dakota and then over time I've just shown it to a lot of people and I feel like when there's a movie where I'm like, oh, you haven't seen it, you gotta see it. Like, there's something special about a movie where you feel like people just have to see it. Which is a great segue into my next question, which is how often do you watch it? I have probably seen it. Let's see, it came out in 2013. I've probably seen it like seven times. So like once a year. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. The other note that I have is I like that and 
I only saw the movie in 2013, which is seven years ago. So my memory may be a little hazy on this part. I only remember important things like (laughs) you hanging out with Jillian all day. Right. But I liked that Sam Rockwell didn't have this super dark backstory that ultimately overshadowed the movie. It doesn't Mm -hmm. do that. It's it's all in service of the main character. Mm -hmm. Like Sam Rockwell, he still is sort of a not pathetic but he's sort of a for lack of a better word a loser but the movie does not become about saving him no which i appreciate a lot yeah but it but it does give him some kind of character growth too which i think is important it's not like you can just fuck around your whole life and things will be dope because you're sam rockwell it's like you still have to there's still consequences to being an idiot you know Next movie is Lady Bird, directed by Greta Gerwig, starring Saoirse Ronan, Laurie Metcalf, Tracy Letts, Timothy Chalamet, Lucas Hedges, Beanie Feldstein, Lois Smith, and Stephen McKinley Henderson. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to do a plot, a, like a, a selling point for each movie. Like, it's about a high school senior <laughs> right. who blah, 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 blah. Right. It's a coming of age story about a high school girl struggling with living in shitty no good sacramento (laughs) wonder what that's like yeah i Mm. i'd have no idea when did you first see this movie kaylee i hmm that's very interesting because i'm sure i saw it in theaters because i know i was really excited about it coming out but i don't actually have a memory in my brain of seeing it in theaters so i assume i did but I don't know why I can't recall that. I'm sure I saw it in theaters. If not, I saw it very shortly after on, you know, the internet somewhere. And mm-hmm. I've probably seen it maybe like four or five times. I just watched it. And I remember that year, that was my favorite movie at the time. I really liked it. I thought that it did what it wanted to do very well. And it really is just a love letter to Sacramento. Like as much as you want to not you specifically, but like as much as people want to shit on it, even the main character shits on it. It's like at the end of the day, the place you grow up has so much sentimental value to you and is like part of who you are. And I thought that was a a message that really resonated with me. It just feels very nostalgic. I didn't grow up in Sacramento, but I grew up close to Sacramento. And, you know, it feels similar. It's very, it's like a weird, like she said, it's the Midwest of California, right? Doesn't she say that? Feels like I grew up in a very small town, like smaller than what Sacramento feels like in this movie. So it just, there's something quaint about home, even though I don't want to live there. I, it's, you know, it's where I grew up. Yeah, there's still something important about it. Yeah. When you saw the movie for the first time, did you love it immediately? I did. I think that... Sersh does such a good job. She seems like she's from Sacramento and she's freaking Irish. Like she did such a good job of just being this, you know, California teenager. And I just related to her so quickly. I found her very charming. Like even when she's doing shitty things, you still like her and you know that she has a kind heart. The few comments that I wrote for this one. I got to see this at Tower Theater, which is... Oh, very cool. Which is cool. There's a shot of the theater in the movie. So it's like a cool, oh, this this is a strange moment. That is cool. My favorite moments... Father Levich weeping during the their acting exercise. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> and then he like has to go to therapy. And that's a really traumatic scene because yeah. he goes to her mom. He's like, I've never been happy. I know. Her mom turning around at the airport. Yeah. And then Lady Bird listening to Crash Into Me and realizing <laughs> that she wants to go to prom. Yeah. Mainly because I love that song and that moment is sold so well. Yeah. And then my my final comment about the movie is it takes place in 2002. And during the airport scene, you can see the route that leads to Terminal B of the Sacramento, Sacramento International Airport. But Terminal B, as seen in the film, was not opened until 2011. <laughs> and this is a horribly embarrassing mistake that Greta Gerwig should have used her $10 million budget to address. That is embarrassing, and she's from there, so she should know that. Zero out of ten. <laughs> you know what? That's the exact reason it didn't make my top ten. This is unacceptable. <laughs> they could have used CG. That's a great um, fun fact, and I applaud you. Next up, we have Baby Driver, mm-hmm. directed by Edgar Wright, starring Ansel Elgort, Lily James, <sighs> Kevin Spacey. I know, right? Juan Hamon, Jamie Foxx, Eliza Gonzalez, and John Bernthal. And it's about a young getaway driver who gets in over his head when he wants to leave the getaway driver business for a chance at a normal life with a beautiful young woman. So, Kayleen, mm-hmm. when did you see this movie for the first time? Well, you see, I actually have a Daniel-specific memory about this movie. Do you know what I'm going to say? I remember that you and I talked about this movie quite a bit. Yeah. But I don't know what you're going to say. Okay, so I saw this movie in theaters, and I don't remember who I saw it with for the first time, but I don't think Dakota and Christian were there, because at the time I lived with them and Kimmy. And so maybe I saw it with Kimmy, I don't know. But I saw it, and I was like, holy crap, that was so awesome and it looked awesome from the trailer sometimes i watch the trailer just for fun the specifically the trailer that's back to tequila i love that trailer i watch it all the time but so that's what the movie felt like was just an extended version of that trailer and i was like this is exactly what i wanted from this movie and i thought it was fucking rad and it's so stylized and there's so many little easter eggs to catch when you watch it it's awesome i love it so much more like every time i see it anyway i watched it And I was like, holy crap, you guys have to come see this. You're going to love it. And then we saw it a second time. I saw it with everybody in my house. And I remember coming out of that movie and I had the thought to text you immediately because you and I had talked about how much we liked it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to open up my phone right now and tell Daniel I just saw it for a second time and that it was so sick, even though I've already seen it. And I opened my phone and there's a text from you being like, go see Baby Driver a second time. It's still so dope. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I was just going to text you that. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was, I just thought that was so awesome that we both went and saw it twice and we're like, oh, it's still so good. So yeah, that's my, that was my initial reaction of that movie. What about it makes it a movie that you really love is this i'm guessing this is your favorite edgar wright movie oh by a mile why is that it's one of those ones where i'm just smiling the whole time everything is so cool like it makes me feel cool to be watching it i'm like oh he's such a good driver the music is so good like i'm really a sucker for music moving in time to actions yeah and it's just like from the beginning when john bernthal points forward and he kicks it in reverse just like Little things like that, the entire time I'm watching the movie, I just get so jazzed. 
and I really like how the story plays out. One of the things I always forget about it is how funny it is, because I always just think about it being badass, but it's like really funny. It is. When everyone is listening to the Was He Slow tape and looking at him like he's insane, it's so good. How long did it take for you for it to become one of your favorites did you know immediately kind of I think it's similar to the way way back where the thing that solidified this movie for me is just how often I crave watching it and how much I like to show it to new people yeah I guess some of the movies on this list are going to be ones that I haven't seen as often as others but I think yeah crave is the right word where there's some movies that I just crave watching and this one I've probably seen you know it came out what four years ago was it four years Three. Three years. And I've probably seen this at like seven times. So the fact that I want to watch it that often and I'm still not tired of it is a big deal. Seven times. And that kind of <laughs> answers my next question. Okay. I have a funny story about this. So like you said in your story, I saw the movie twice and really enjoyed it both times. Mm-hmm. And that memory kind of enforced how I thought about the movie. I had it in my mind. Oh, I had a lot of fun. So the movie Mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. It's funny. Completely forgetting that it's also really violent. And I would would argue sort of scary because there's some scary characters in it. Yeah. And so my brother got it for me for Christmas last year. Nice. And we waited a little bit to watch it. We watched it on New Year's. And... My girlfriend was there on New Year's. We were discussing what movies we're going to watch. And I was like, we're going to so have this a- most recent New Year's. This most recent New Year's. Oh, okay. And we're like, we need to have a sort of lighthearted New Year's. <laughs> oh, no. And we watched What's Up, Doc, which is a hardcore comedy, a really mm-hmm. great movie. And then I was like, okay, time for co- hardcore comedy part two. Ha, ha, ha. We put the movie on. And my girlfriend is just shell-shocked by how <laughs> intense this movie is. And I'm like, ha, that's right. This movie's really violent. <laughs> like, especially the Jamie Foxx part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is one of my favorite parts, honestly. <laughs> but it's really violent. And it's super intense. And I just... I take for granted how many movies I've seen and how I personally react to movies. Mm-hmm. I assume that everyone is just going to react. Oh, well, it's just another action movie. Right. Nope. Mm-hmm. That's I'm, I think that's true. I'm not really someone who's sensitive to gore unless it's ultra realistic or, you know, the type of thing that makes you wince. Like, um, we had a bit about this on one of our episodes, but like the part in Black Swan where she like pulls her cuticle back, like stuff like that. I'm Oof, that's hard to watch. But as far as just violent deaths, like, yeah, I'm kind of unfazed by it now. (laughs) Yeah. The the most I can get, unless it's like a super drama movie where I'm really attached to the characters and something awful happens and I just feel Mm -hmm. sick, a lot of the time my reaction just, oh, shit. Yeah. And my, my final question about Baby Driver is how much money would you give for a version with Christopher Plummer? as Doc (laughs) instead of Kevin Spacey. Um, That actually makes me think of one of the things I love about this movie too, is that I think it has one of the funniest, honest trailers. And in it, they're like, ugh, we don't want to see Kevin Spacey anymore. And they like Photoshop Christopher Plummer over all the rest of the shots of Kevin Spacey. That's awesome. It's great. I think about this. uh, Edgar Wright must have been sort of pinching himself that he got the movie out before the Kevin Spacey news Dude, broke. Dude, 
I obviously it's horrible and it shouldn't have been it it sucks that he went on so long without being outed you know just because you should be punished you should be you should have been this whole time you shouldn't have been working for years you know Mm -hmm. but no I think about that all the time and you know I don't want this to come out the wrong way but I do like I'm just so thankful that this slipped in because this was the last movie that he made that anybody watched or cared about. And obviously, like, he doesn't have a career anymore, which is awesome. But I would just be so devastated if this movie, like, didn't see the light of day because of something he did. It's such a good movie and it's a bummer he's in it. Ultimately, I think it comes down to, and it gets it gets a little murky, goes back and forth. But this is one of those things where, the project is greater than his involvement in it. I totally agree with that. I agree. I 100% agree with you that mm-hmm. this should be able to continue to live on. Yeah. The last movie on your honorable mentions list is Avengers Endgame, directed yes. by Anthony and Joe Russo, starring the entirety of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, go on and list them all. My only plot description was the sequel to Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm guessing you saw this opening night. What was your first reaction yes. to seeing the movie? So <laughs> what I like to say about this movie, because I said it after we saw it, and I just think it really sums it up, is I said, I endgamed so hard I got sick. Because what, <laughs> had, ha- <laughs> what had happened was we were like, nothing will stop us from seeing this movie opening night, not even AMC's website crashing, like nothing stopping us. So we didn't see it like at the first viewing and Courtney did actually have a play that night. She was in a performance. So we waited until after that. So we saw it at like 1030 or something. And I was really nervous about having to pee during the movie. So I like probably stopped drinking fluids at like 6 p.m. because I was scared about having to pee during the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and which is a mistake. And um we saw Courtney's play that night and then we immediately went to go see Endgame and I was just so stoked so hyped on the movie and the whole like it was it was just such a perfect audience too like no one was disrespectful everyone was applauding at the right parts like everyone there was a diehard fan and there was a kid sitting like he was probably like 18 but he was sitting a couple seats over from us dressed in a full Iron Man suit with like it wasn't like a hard suit but he had a hard helmet that like lit up and stuff anyway the point of this is that like we we couldn't stop screaming we couldn't stop clapping like the whole movie was just so cool and then we're like let's go get some food and we got to the restaurant and I was like I think I'm gonna puke I didn't puke but it was like I finally all the adrenaline came out of my body when we got to the restaurant and I was like I'm gonna take this food to go because I need to fucking go to sleep yeah I had such high expectations for this movie, especially after how good Infinity War was, and it has to close out this entire saga of, like, 20-ish movies, and I was just like, Infinity War was too good. Like, how are you going to close out Infinity War? How are you going to do it in a way that makes me happy? I can't see that going well, and I wasn't even a little bit disappointed. All my expectations were met. I was so surprised by events that took place. It was awesome. What's your favorite moment in the movie? Favorite moment? I'm trying to remember. It's it's always revolving around Thor, and they give Thor such good moments too, which is like so great. Um, so I would say my two favorite moments both involve Mjolnir, and it's when 
he gets Mjolnir in the past and it's like, oh shit, like he's still able to get it. And then when Cap gets Mjolnir, so cool. It's so cool. Ooh, you know what too? When he finally says Avengers Assemble, I just lost my mind. Did your audience go, ah? Oh, of course. Ugh. Just like seeing all the characters that you love and they're all together, you know they're going to win. It's awesome. I'm glad you brought up the Thor moment because that's one of my favorite parts is when he goes back in time and talks to his mom mm-hmm. who had never up to this point gotten a lot of screen screen time. Yeah. So it was a good a good conclusion to that. And she she says something really touching about mm-hmm. not giving up and it's okay that you've failed it's you just have to try again and i mean for a 400 billion dollar movie and to have that moment in it it's yeah it's great is Mm -hmm. another question i have is the question was who's your favorite character i think we know now and then my follow-up was (laughs) do you still have your thor pillowcase i do (laughs) i don't use it that much because it's made out of a material that's kind of you know how pillowcases are usually like um silk isn't the right word but you know they're like I don't know how to explain it. The Thor one is kind of like a cloth and it gets really hot. So I don't use it very much. I see. Yeah, but I do still have it. Is it because this movie is the the conclusion to this 20 movie saga that makes it one of your favorites? I mean, that's probably part of it. I also think that as these movies go on, obviously some of the OG movies are still some of the best ones, but I think as these movies went on and as movies over the past 10 years have just changed and developed, I think they really found a stride and they found what worked. And I thought this movie was just the perfect balance of the heart that we needed to close out some of these stories and also fan service. You you can't have it too hard in one or the other or else everyone's going to be disappointed. And I thought that I got just enough of those like, fun dope moments but also a lot of moments that really hit my heart it's it's great that all these actors who they've hired at different times has so much chemistry with yeah uh, one another Mm -hmm. and if i if you know i didn't want to cheat and say this but i do kind of consider infinity war and endgame one movie because they are two parts of a whole um so if we were talking about it like that i think that um it's really fun to see all the groups coming together because it's really the first time that we see a lot of people meeting and they did such a good job of like thinking realistically what those characters would behave like meeting each other for the first time. Mm -hmm. Are you excited for, well, before we get to that, um, how often do you watch it? Um, Well, this one, I mean, obviously, as you know, it's it's like about a year, it's about a year old and I think I've seen it four times. I saw it, Three times in theaters. 12 hours. Yeah, (laughs) of one movie. Yeah, I saw it three times in theaters, and then I think I've seen it once since then. I saw it twice in theaters, and this what you said about the bathroom hits hard so home. Hits home so hard. (laughs) It's hard so home. It hits hard so home. (laughs) I had to pee an hour into it. Oh, no, Daniel. And I refused to get up and go again. So I I held it for two yeah. hours, which I you shouldn't do. But this is an unrelated story, but I think it's funny enough to say. Kimmy Courtney and I went and saw it chapter two on opening night, and Courtney has read the book the entire way through, so she like knows 
the gist of how certain scenes are going to go, you know? Uh-huh. And we're watching it. And have you seen it? I have. Okay. So you know the scene where <laughs> James McAvoy goes into the shop to buy his bike back? Yeah, with Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. So he walks into the shop. I shit you not, he opens the door and Courtney's like, okay, like he's just going to buy the bike. I'm going to go pee right now. <laughs> and she comes back literally as soon as Stephen King is no longer on the screen. And she comes and sits down and Kimmy and I are just like hysterically laughing. And she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, did you see who was just on the screen? She's like, no, what what happened? I was like, you left and peed during the exact amount of time of Stephen King's cameo. <laughs> she was so mad. That's that's really funny. I <laughs> seeing seeing movies with Courtney makes me made me so nervous because she was always getting up to use the restroom. I was like, no, you're, <laughs> you're gonna miss something. She's very fast though. I'm kind of slow, so I, that's like why I don't go. I'm too scared. I'm gonna miss like a whole scene. Are you excited for what's to come in the Marvel Universe? I am. There's a part of me that like wants to almost leave it behind because it's such a big commitment and I feel like I'm just a slave to Marvel. But at the same time, I'm still interested. And like, how am I not going to watch Black Widow now that she finally is getting her own movie? And like, they put Florence Pugh and David Harbour in it. Like, all right, well, I guess I'm coming. (laughs) Like, I can't avoid it. Is that the one that you're most anticipating? I think so. I'm I'm really excited to see what happens with the TV shows because I think that's a really that's going to be interesting to see it in that type of form. And WandaVision looks pretty cool and trippy. But yeah, I think Black Widow, well actually that's not true. I'm really excited for the Thor movie when that comes out. Yeah, that I'm I'm excited for that one just cuz mm-hmm. I'm like Taika has a little more clout now. Yeah. Natalie Portman's coming back. Mm-hmm. And we get another Chris Hemsworth as Thor. And he was yeah. hilarious in Ragnarok. So, yeah, I'm so, yeah, I guess Black Widow, Thor, WandaVision are probably the three I care about the most. I think WandaVision looks cool too. I'm mm-hmm. intrigued by that. Oh, I'm also, Doctor Strange too may be interesting just because Sam Raimi is directing it. Mm hmm. Didn't they switch directors or like something got messed up on it though? The guy who directed the first one, Scott Derrickson, was planning on directing it, the second one. And then mm. I don't know what the complications were. I'm guessing he wanted to do something that Disney didn't approve of. Maybe. Okay. And so he went out and then Sam Raimi went in, who has a little bit more of a vision. So Okay. That's, that is good. I guess what just upsets me about that is I know when we saw the panel at comic-con one of the big things they said about it is they were really stoked to make it more of a horror genre film and i feel like disney's gonna dilute that yeah which is upsetting but sam raimi has some has some gross horror to his name he did the evil dead movies and i hope he can do it in a way that we like and disney lets him do fingers crossed yeah i i have a little hope and I think hope is something that we all need to have right now. Thank you for listening to part one of We Explain Kayleen. Make sure you cyber bully her into posting and regularly using Letterboxd. And I'll see you next time.